Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's American Passages. I'm Dr. J. Today's American Passage is from Jhumpa Lahiri's 2003 novel, The Namesake. Jhumpa Lahiri was born in London, England in 1967. She moved to the United States with her parents when she was three years old. An American citizen, she has said that she is so American she might as well have been born here. Her parents were originally from India, and she often visited Calcutta with her family, as her Bengali heritage was important to her mother. She thus found herself with a double cultural identity, American and Bengali-Indian. Much of her writing reflects this duality, exploring the lives of both Indian immigrants and their American-born children. Both of these generations have a dual cultural identity, but the options facing them are different. For the immigrant generation, how much to assimilate? For the generation born in America, how much of their parents' native culture to accept and retain? This episode's passage from The Namesake has three characters, a mother and father, born in Calcutta but now living in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and their teenage son, born in America. Gogol, the son, is named for the Russian author, who meant something more to his father than Gogol knows. All Gogol knows is that he doesn't like the name and wants to change it. It wasn't intended to be his official name in the first place. It's Bengali tradition that children have two names, a pet name used by family and close friends, and a good name that is to be their public name. The process of arriving at these names can take a long time, with the pet name usually being chosen first and the good name chosen later. The hospital where Gogol is born, however, insists that he can't leave the hospital until a name is on the birth certificate, something that would never happen in India, and so the father chooses Gogol as the infant's pet name and lets it be placed on his birth certificate. The parents don't choose Gogol's good name, Nikhil, until Gogol is five, by which time Gogol has already entered the public world of elementary school and doctor's records as Gogol and so that name remains the name he goes by both at home and in the public world. Now, as Gogol prepares to go off to college, he's embarrassed to have such an odd name, and so one night at the dinner table, with his younger sister Sonia silently present, he tells his parents of his desire to change his name. Let's listen. From The Namesake by Jhumpa Lahiri that night at the dinner table, he brought it up with his parents. It was one thing for Gogol to be the name penned in calligraphy in his high school diploma and printed below his picture in the yearbook he'd begun. It was one thing even for it to be typed on his applications to five Ivy League colleges, as well as to Stanford and Berkeley. But engraved four years from now on a Bachelor of Arts degree, written at the top of a resume, centered on a business card. 
His new name would be the name his parents picked out for him, he assured them, the good name they'd chosen for him when he was five. What's done is done, his father had said. It will be a hassle. Gogol has, in effect, become your good name. It's too complicated now, his mother said, agreeing. You're too old. I'm not, he persisted. I don't get it. Why did you have to give me a pet name in the first place? What's the point? It's our way, Gogol, his mother maintained. It's what Bengalis do. But it's not even a Bengali name. He told his parents what he'd learned in Mr. Lawson's class about Gogol's lifelong unhappiness, his mental instability, how he'd starved himself to death. Did you know all this stuff about him, he asked. You forgot to mention that he was also a genius, his father said. I don't get it. How could you guys name me after someone so strange? No one takes me seriously, Gogol said. Who? Who does not take you seriously? His father wanted to know, lifting his fingers from his plate, looking up at him. People, Gogol said, lying to his parents. For his father had a point. The only person who didn't take Gogol seriously, the only person who tormented him, the only person chronically aware of and afflicted by the embarrassment of his name, the only person who constantly questioned it and wished it were otherwise, was Gogol. And yet he continued, saying that they should be glad that his official name would be Bengali, not Russian. I don't know, Gogol, his mother had said, shaking her head. I really don't know. She got up to clear the dishes. Sonia slinked away up to her room. Gogol remained at the table with his father. They sat there together, listening to his mother scraping the plates, the water running in the sink. Then change it, his father said simply, quietly, after a while. Really? In America, anything is possible. Do as you wish. Gogol isn't the first character in American literature to change his name. Perhaps the most familiar instance is Jay Gatsby, who grew up Jimmy Gatz in North Dakota and takes for himself a new self when he comes to New York City. Similarly, the real Robert Zimmerman of Hibbing, Minnesota, traveled to New York and became Bob Dylan. Earlier, the real Samuel Clemens, a young man from Hannibal, Missouri, went west and took up work as a newspaper writer, signing his name Mark Twain. In America, anything is possible. We can create our own identities. Though in Mark Twain's case, the name he took for himself came from his time as a pilot in the Mississippi, and the boy he was never really left him. Jimmy Gatz gets rich as a bootlegger during Prohibition, meets a debutante, and lives the wealthy life of Long Island, but finally fails. And Gogol? He succeeds, becomes American, though ironically he has changed his name from Russian to Bengali to do it. But the life he lives in the second half of the namesake is a completely American life, a life of freedom. I once had a student from India in a class in which we read Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. 
For most of the class, we were discussing another time, a time long gone by, though not without meaning for their own and their conflicts with their parents and the violence and vulgarity of the society they find themselves in. For the student from India, though, the time of the play was the time of her present life. She would be going back to a world of arranged marriages and strict limitations on relationships, the world of present-day India, or at least as it was quite recently. I have no recent reports. In the namesake, it's the world of Gogol's parents, the world Gogol escapes in becoming American. We might think, then, that living in a world where he can choose his own relationships with few, if any, limitations on either him or those he meets, his life will be happy. We might think that, that is, if we haven't actually lived in America. But the namesake is too honest to simply celebrate American freedom. Gogol's life doesn't go well, not because of his Bengali heritage, but because of his American freedom, exemplified in his changing of his name. The year before I retired, in a class where I was teaching not Romeo and Juliet, but this novel, The Namesake, I had a student visiting for the year from Russia. She raised her hand at one point because she had to tell me that the way I pronounced Gogol made her laugh, that in fact she had shared my way of saying it with her friend back home, whom she FaceTimed every night. I asked her the proper way to say it, when she said it, I could kind of hear the difference, but I couldn't imitate it, and so just went on saying it as I still do now. But that was okay. She enjoyed the book and our discussion of it anyway. At the end of the semester, she gave me a little inexpensive Russian doll as a thank you present. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.